Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages 6 and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Hello, friends. I am very excited to welcome Megan Francis. Hi, Megan. Hi, Christine. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm excited to talk to you too. And I'm a little shocked that this is the first time, I don't know, that you and I are pairing off because I think, you know, well, I'll have you talk about your various ventures, but I know that uh, you have a podcast, obviously. Our listeners, many of our listeners probably know about the Mom Hour with you and Sarah Powers. And so we've done some podcast swapping with hosts with yes. you and Sarah and me and Asha, but this is our first time pairing up, I think. Well, it is. And, and Sarah and I have joked about how like you are the edit your life or the, you know, you are the Sarah of edit your life and I am the Asha of the mom hour. Um, so maybe we just, it just didn't occur to us to like switch things up. We've had like, you know, the two likes together and the two likes, but now like I, I can be Asha stand in. Here we go. Well, right. it's perfect. Um, well, yeah, actually, you know, um, you are the first um, guest host after Asha's announcement of taking a sabbatical for the summer. Yeah, so it's kind awesome. of fitting. It's just perfect. It is fitting. Nice. Um, but listen, I, I'm probably getting ahead of myself. And I would love for you to give a little bit of background for the listeners who don't know you already and are not already in love with you. I would love for you to um, share a bit about your background and, you know, how you have gotten to the place where you are what I call podcast boss lady. Oh, well, I like that title. Um, I have been a, what do they call it? Content creator, uh, since my mid early twenties, actually, um, started as a freelance writer, wrote for magazines, wrote a few books, started blogging. And I think that's when you and I met. Yes. Um, yes. I had a, we both were writing, doing mom blogs for years and years. And then sometime in that, I don't know, I figured why not change things up again and start a podcast. And this was in 2012. I started a podcast called The Kitchen Hour. And literally all, oh all gosh, I knew about yes. podcasts is that I liked to listen to podcasts when I was making dinner in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And that maybe if I made a podcast, other people would listen to it while they were in the kitchen. That was, that was it. That was like the whole premise. Um, and it was really funny. I'd have people email and say, is it okay if I listen to it while I'm like folding laundry? And I'm like, yes, you can, <laughs> you can listen to it whenever you like. 
Um, so I did that and I had a couple offshoots from that. I did a style podcast for a while yes, um, yes. with Shana from, um, oh gosh, the mom edit. You know, it, it was something, it was mom jeans for a while or ain't no mom jeans. And now it's the mom edit. Um, and, and then I also had the home hour. So like I, I was just playing with around with podcasting and people weren't really listening as much then I would, yes. you know, people were starting to catch on, but it really hadn't taken off yet. And then um, Sarah Powers, who I'd gotten to know through blogging, and she had worked on my blog with me for a few years, just we decided to start the Mom Hour in 2015. So it's been five years, which is five incredible. Years. Yeah, five years. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I so love, that's. I, love I mean, and that's the so one that much. took <laughs> off, you know. And and yeah. she's really like she compliments me so well, and I don't just mean that. Like we compliment each other really well as hosts, mm-hmm. but her her skill set. Um, and just the way she is, like, has allowed this podcast, The Mom Hour, to actually thrive and grow and, and be consistent because we just kind of balance each other out. I'm a little mm-hmm. more loosey-goosey, and she's more organized and detail-oriented, and she keeps me on track. She does. So. Yes. Well, you know, I just said it a minute ago, but truly, I love you two. Just, um, you know, first as friends, I, I will say, Megan, that I do... I do remember actually the moment that you and I connected and and it was on Twitter. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Was, okay. Yeah. And it was just um, because, and I just want listeners to know, I mean, obviously you are squarely in the podcast lane right now, but as you mentioned, you know, you got your start as a writer and your writing is so, has always been so insightful and thoughtful and um you know, multidimensional. So I remember following, falling in love with you as a writer way back when it was probably, I don't know, 2006 or 2007. So it's been fun to kind of like go on this ride with you as we've developed different things. And, you know, you and Sarah, I should tell listeners, you know, have, have just been incredibly kind and generous and wonderful as we got our start with Edit Your Life. And, just all along the way as friends and colleagues. So it is really just delightful to have you here today. Well, can I share um, my my first memory of seeing you in person? Sure. Was we were at, I believe, probably Mom 2.0, maybe Blogger. I can't remember which one. It would have been before Mom 2. It would have been like maybe, I think maybe it was a Blogger because I think it was earlier than that. Um, mm-hmm. And I had had a little, like I had crushed on your on your writing and you had this amazing brand. And like, I just, I thought you were one of the cool kids, like oh. one of the blogging <laughs> cool people. And I was walking down a hall and I heard Megan Francis and I turn around and there's Christine Cohen. She's talking to me. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was actually like a little, I don't know, like dumbfounded. Oh. Not that I thought you were going to be mean or anything, but you were just like, cool. Oh, And you know how so like sometimes those conferences can feel a little like, like intimidating. And I think, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So um yes, yeah, so that that was a big boost. And then you did a you did a live you had a live um video show. I or not did. live, but oh it was my like a video goodness. show for a while. I forgot about that. Yeah. Life.style with Christine Co. Yes. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yep. Well, I was on it once. I know so, there were yeah. there were so many iterations. Well, okay. Anyway, um this is this is crazy. Like crazy walk down memory lane, but what I wanted to talk about, um, and I love we're all on the same wavelength, but I wanted to talk about summer. And I know that you and Sarah recently did an episode. We'll link it up in the notes. Um, it was 
about adding a little more structure after, in your yeah. words, perhaps going a bit feral during yes. the final school stretch of the pandemic. I totally get it. Um, so I definitely recommend that people head over there, garner some wisdom, get some thoughts about structure. But, you know, I wanted to actually zoom back a little further. This is a little more Asha than I usually, I'm usually like detail and granular and Asha's our big picture Mm. thinker, but I did want to dial it back a little and kind of focus on rethinking summer losses. And you and I talked Mm. a little bit about this over email, but, you know, this pandemic has brought on all manner of disappointment. That is an understatement, you know, all of it valid. And I think given all the other stressors that are happening in this world right now, I I literally don't think our nervous systems can take it if we don't do some intentional work to rethink our losses to build in a few wins. Do you know what I mean? I completely agree. And sometimes it really is just reframing because if we get stuck in thinking about everything we've lost or what we're not doing and how it's not like it used to be or like we thought it would be, then there's, that's, that's, you get stuck. That's as far as you get. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, nothing is like, nothing is the way it was and, or the way we thought it was going to be. But I think there's, there are some good things to that. So yeah, let's, let's talk about the wins, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> you know, you were just um, touching on this and I want to, I think it's worth starting with this reframing because it's, it's not just, it's not as simple as just saying, okay, just, you know, like just right. change your mindset. Right. But so I wanted to be a little more explicit about that. And I, I really do want to acknowledge that um, with ourselves, with our kids, that we just have to acknowledge that this summer is going to be different. We can't even attempt to replicate the experiences that, that you know, we had all been hoping for. It's kind of mm. like I like to liken it to a birthday card parade for a kid is just not going to be the same as a laser tag birthday party in person. <laughs> right. Nope. <laughs> you know, it's it, not. It's just different. So I think that's really important for people to keep in mind, mostly to like take the pressure off ourselves as we sort of rethink how we're going to make summer happen. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com edit for 25% off. Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, 
common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I Love How Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm almost treating this like not like summer vacation at all, but instead we've all been like transported to some alien planet or we've went back in time in a time machine or something else. It's like I'm almost just looking at it as a completely new and different time period because for myself, if I start trying to like compare it to other summers, um, then I'm like, I have this urge to overcompensate and make Mm -hmm. up for what's been lost, but then that just calls attention to what's been lost. Like the more you kind of, you know, the more you sometimes try to like, um, make up for something that doesn't exist. All you can think about is the fact that it doesn't exist. So We're trying to really keep things simple and small, um, which is, you know, what else, what other option do we have? Like, that's basically the option for us. But there's some benefits to that. And I was just thinking, um, I was talking with the kids last week about kind of our summer plan. And I thought, you know, we have the ability now to do things that we used to do, like when they were toddlers and preschoolers, where we just pack up the car and go for a drive mm-hmm. or um, take a day and just do an outing. Like, we did that stuff all the time when the kids were little because they didn't have social lives. They didn't have stuff on their, on the calendar. It was like, it was up to me to kind of control it and then create the world around them. And I, I, I do kind of get a kick out of the fact that that might be a possibility for us this summer. Um, and then on the other side, I think there is an opportunity here for all of us to learn how to handle disappointment and resilience. Um, and that's just as true for the adults. I think sometimes when I fixate on my kids being disappointed about something, I will, when I'm real clear about it, sometimes it's actually me that's disappointed and they don't Mm -hmm. care that much. So Mm -hmm. that's also an interesting, like we assume their reaction is going to be bigger than it is because we're anticipating it because we're feeling disappointed. So I don't know. Those are just some ways I'm trying to kind of reframe it. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great point. And also, can you remind people, just um, people that don't know you or just tell them like what, cause you have quite an age range that you're <laughs> yes uh, right and I have five kids but they are older now so my oldest two are adults um and they're kind of in and out they're 20 and 22 and then the three that are you know still under my uh thumb <laughs> are 16 14 and 11 oh my gosh so, 11 yeah. already that's crazy I know can you believe it I I really can't um yeah I think you know I think your last point that you made there about um how our own feelings of worry around our kids are going to be tangled up in things. I think that's so important. And I would also sort of peg to that, that whatever baggage we might carry from our own childhoods about, Mm. or just how we deal with disappointment um, is also, you know, probably in play. You know, I felt, I've always felt that that's a big piece of me wrestling with how to parent is, you know, remembering that it's okay not to like give all the big experiences and whatever, like it's summer. Right. It's um, well, so let's talk a little bit about a big issue for families, uh, one that I'm hearing a ton about, and that is the loss of camp. Um, I mean, actually, you know, we just at the time we're recording, we just finished um, school this week. And I think the utter exhaustion and overwhelm of juggling full time work with my kids school needs, like a part of me is kind of like just ready to let them run feral. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but obviously there are challenges there, too. You know, Violet's a nine-year-old um, and Laurel's 15 and she right now she can't work because, like, the place she works isn't really the practices don't look that safe. So it's, <laughs> right. it's definitely challenging. And, you know, at the moment for Vi, I will say that I'm currently reaping the benefits of two other families being very proactive in organizing small group sort of virtual enrichment stuff. Um, but that's like all I've got. And yeah. she's actually a kid who really needs downtime. So I think she's kind of psyched to not have camp this summer, but I would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, on camp yeah. and, and what to do about that. Well, this is where I have to admit I've never really been big on camps. Um, I tried. Like, when yeah. my kids were littler, it felt more necessary to keep them busy. But then between, like, the cost and then driving them there and back, and I always felt like it was weird hours that were completely, like, not, just didn't help with my, like, a working at home mom schedule. I, I just mm-hmm. remember being, like, always feeling like my day was super chopped up and, and um, disrupted by the driving back and forth. And then sometimes, like, some of the pa- the places you'd have to pack a lunch every day. And I'm like, I just did that all year long. Like, yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that all summer. So I just never felt like we'd get enough out of them to make them like the staple of our summer. So sometimes, like if the kids were really interested in one thing, I might sign them up for like one camp. It would be like a week long, but it just mm-hmm. wasn't something that we've really focused on. So I'm actually looking forward to not feeling vaguely guilty about it this year because oh, I have I love that reframe. <laughs> Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, oh man, should I be working harder to sign my kids up for enrichment activities? And then this year I'm like, hey, there isn't any, so I don't have to feel bad about it. And I think that in some ways, this whole COVID thing has really been the great equalizer. Like Mm -hmm. we're, you know, everyone's kind of in the same boat. Like none of us can, it like, no matter if you have the money for it or the time or you can't do it, (laughs) they don't exist. So we're all sort of like, in this equal, more equal playing field. Um, and like, we've been hanging out in small groups with a few other families and we don't have to worry that no one be, will be available um, because nobody's busy. Everybody's yeah. available all the time. Um, so to us, enrichment is going to look kind of like it would any summer. It would be like a lot of reading. Clara draws all the time, you know, some educational TV, movies, YouTube, and just lots of downtime. And that's really not that different from how we usually spend summer. It's just that now everybody's in the same boat with us, which feels kind of nice. Yeah, that is, that's great. I'm actually also going to look at it as an opportunity to, um, you know, do a couple things with my kids that maybe I normally wouldn't have that, that right. I, well, I should underline cause it's important that I would find enjoyable. Like, yeah. um, I think Vi, I'm going to sign up for like a watercolor class and, you know, do it with Vi. And it's funny cause there's a kid's version and then an adult version. And I read the descriptions and asked her which one she wants to do. And she's like, Oh, I want to do the adult version. Oh, I love that. <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> of course she did. Um, yeah. So that's that's really interesting. I I will say, um, I think you know that I got a dog this story. Yeah. <laughs> a puppy. So I kind of figured that was sort of like the cost time trade-off for summer camp is, yeah. you know, now we have yes. this dog to take care of. So Right. Dog needs yeah. a lot of care. And that's a good learning. It's a good learning opportunity. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk about travel. Because this is a big one. And I think yeah. I I know personally that one of the big losses I am anticipating is that every summer we convene in Maine to vacation with our very, very dear friends. They live in London, but they have a place in Maine that they rent out and, and visit during the summer. And I'm just assuming that's not going to happen. Um, so, you know, pending visiting rules of other states around us and health status and what have you, I, I just think we'll probably be 
doing car trips to places with very few people like the woods or maybe socially distant reconnection with family and friends we haven't seen. I don't know. We haven't, we actually haven't really made any plans because everything feels so uncertain. So I'm I'm curious, like what you've got going. Well, what's interesting in the summer, we don't typically travel that much, um, but we always do one. Well, for the last few years, we've, we've done one big trip with my two brothers and my sister and all their families. So that's like 16 kids total, many of them adults now, but there's a lot of us. Um, and then, and then like weekend trips and like little camping trips and things like that. So I don't know that that will change too much. Um, what's been interestingly different is usually for me, March, April, and May are the heavy travel months. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually would have gone to several conferences. I, we had a trip planned to, uh, Clara and I were going to go out and, um, hang out with Sarah and her daughter. And it was a real bummer to have oh, to cancel that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. A really, it was a big bummer. So, so we kind of already went through the phase where we would have been traveling and weren't. And mm-hmm. it's, what's interesting is my garden went in this year because I'm always, at a conference when like the best weekends are for getting things planted mm-hmm. and like cleaning up the yard. And then I come back and, you know, like that post-conference um, catch up, like where you're just, yeah. yes. So I never get to it. And this year I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually had time to like get my yard looking nice. And like, I did all this stuff that I usually wouldn't do. So that was kind of fun. And now that I'm looking forward, we did go ahead and, and plan the up North camping trip with my siblings and their families. And that's it. That's all we've got. But what was really interesting is that usually it takes a long time for us to all come up with a week that we're all available. Like it's a real chore. And I usually get really grumpy because somehow I become like the family go between who's like talking to all the different parties and trying to nail it down. And this year it was like everyone's calendar was completely open. So we just picked a week that we thought the weather would be good. That's about it. Like, so that was really easy. And then my sister lives a couple hours away. I'm sure we'll go visit her a few times, but I just think we'll be staying closer to home yeah. and that's okay. I, you know, you know, I'm glad you brought up the, um, you know, the, the thing you mentioned about your garden, because I do yeah. think that, um, you know, this would be a time like if, if travel's not happening for whatever re- reason to kind of like just lean into those things that you've been wanting to do around the house that you just usually don't, don't have, have time. time to. And, <laughs> yeah. and especially if it's something with like a pretty payoff, like gardening, yeah. um, I know I, I felt like that with my spice cabinet. Like we had been living in here in this house for like 10 years and it's been bugging me for 10 years, but it wasn't until the pandemic that I got around to like yeah. fixing the problem. And it was very satisfying. <laughs> I love that. Well, and Sarah and I have joked on, on the mom hour a lot about the, all the bird watching and squirrel watching we've been doing. And I know that's like an internet meme now, basically, but like, <laughs> you know, just buying a, a couple bird feeders and taking the time to hang them up. Like Getting them instead of just always thinking, gosh, I wish I had one, mm-hmm. actually like taking the step of buying it and then hanging the thing was something like I usually just don't get to. And it's a mm-hmm. silly little thing. It took me half an hour, maybe start to finish, but I did it. And so now I've got all these birds like lurking around my window and a oh, squirrel so who's cool. stealing all their seeds. And it's, yeah. it's, just a, it's just one of those little things that you might not get to if, if your calendar is super booked. And right now your calendar is probably not. So yes. there is an opportunity in that. That is yeah. true. Can I just one? I just want to share one like just funny. This sure. doesn't have to do with summer, but um, something I was talking to a friend about recently is that it's incredible to me how the pandemic has shifted um, my sort of threshold for for doing things out in the world, you know, because yes. I'm pretty limited. I'm one of these people who even if things are opening up, I'm not going out. And mm-hmm. um, and so anyway, I had we had like an end of school 
you know, car parade for my, for Violet's teacher. And then I had to get, did have to book an appointment to get James, the dog groomed. And I was like looking at the calendar and I was like, oh, I, I don't think I can do two things on that Saturday. I don't think I can do like the dog grooming and the parade on the same day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I got to stick to one thing a day. If that. So that's funny that you say that because I have, every time I look at my calendar, if there's more than one thing on it for a day, I get stressed. Like, yeah. and, and I uh, had a, a time block. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but it's like, basically you kind of chart out what your week looks like and you block off certain chunks of time for different activities. Mm-hmm. And so I had one back in the fall and it was very, very busy. And then I completely ditched it when we went into pandemic times because there was no time had no meaning. And then I decided to kind of revisit it and reshape it for my summer just so I can kind of keep moving forward on things. Right. And I looked at it. I'm like, oh my goodness, did I really used to do all this? Like this many different things in one day. And so it is now like, it used to have so many colors. It was like eight different, it's color coded. It was like eight different color, um, colors that represented different kinds of activities. Now there are three, yeah, three colors. <laughs> and like the entire day will be like one color. It's, it's <laughs> just completely different. And I think you're right that like, we've, we've gone, we've just gone into like our dens and now like just yeah. the brain space is not the same. Yeah. It's so different. Yeah. Well, this is so interesting. Um, and we have more to talk about, which I'm very excited about some of the things we're going to hit on in the back half of this episode. And we will do that after a quick break. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clux. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clux, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Okay, friends, we are back. 
with the wonderful Megan Francis of the Mom Hour and, you know, many other things. But, uh, you know, right now we're talking podcast buddy to podcast buddy. And Megan, on the back half of this episode, I thought it would be fun to tackle some of the things that are, you know, just inevitably we're going to be dealing with this summer as we rethink how to deal with summer. Mm, and. Yeah. That first topic is boredom. Um, <laughs> one of the most challenging thing. things that come up, yeah. comes up around summer losses. Um, so, you know, I think I wanted to talk about this, uh, as you probably have know and imagine, um, I'm a big fan of the sort of like boredom thing, let kids become creative, yeah. you know, however, I do recognize it is one, it can be annoying. Two, it can be challenging because I think boredom inherently gets hinged to mindless screen time, and that adds yeah. another level of sort of guilt and frustration. So I'm curious about how you are planning on managing the inevitable cries of I'm bored yeah. this summer. Well, um, I have a thing I like to say, and it's you're bored. Oh, my gosh, that's so great. I've got this list of stuff I need <laughs> done around here. And. It's funny, the kids now kind of, there's a joke that they avoid me because as soon as they wander into the room, I'll give them something to do. And it's like, they don't really avoid me, I don't think. I think they do like me. But there have been times they walk and I'm like, oh, hey, glad to see you, Will. Uh, could you grab the trash? And he's like, why did I come in here? <laughs> so I think like they have, because they're a little older and because I do keep them working a lot, I just think they've learned to not say those words around me. Mm -hmm. Um, it often comes out a little differently though. It's like, they'll like kind of come lurk around and be like, so what are we doing today? What's going on? So that's their new version of, you know, I'm bored. So it would be very easy for them to all kind of slink off to their separate corners of the house and stare at screens. Cause I'm busy. Um, so a couple different ways that I combat that one is I try to work in a place where they're around me. So I work a lot in the kitchen or the dining room so that like and, and it has to be the kind of work where you can do that around people. And not everyone can do that. Like, I know a lot of people really need quiet and space away from their kids. But I there are certain tasks I can definitely do with some distraction. And I find that that just means I can address things before they become really problematic. Like, if I see a kid kind of listlessly wandering over to the TV and I'm like, oh, wait, 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 wait a second. Hold mm -hmm. on. You know, what's, what's, what's going on today? And it just helps me, like, my vantage point being kind of central in the house yes. just kind of helps me right. keep a handle. And it then they feel like they can talk to me and it just feels like we're all a little more engaged. Um, and then the way I handle screen time, I've, I've never been a big proponent of having the screen time scheduled. It's more like the non-screen time. So mm -hmm. I have protected time um, because for us, like with so many kids and so many different, so many different um, schedules and they're all wanting to use technology differently for different reasons. So some of them might do it to socialize with their friends right now. Some of them might want to play together. Like they want to play a game together. Sometimes there's like leagues happening at certain times of the day. I don't want to keep track of all that stuff. Like that's mm -hmm. no thank you. So I'll just say, well, what's a good time of day when none of that stuff is happening? Let's set that aside and make that protected time. Um, and then I just need to make sure that then I step away from my screen during that protected time so that we're all engaging with each other. And then I feel okay about it. Then it's like, you know, right now, screens are just a little bit more of a fact of life than they yeah. needed to be five months ago, six months ago. So um, I'm trying to kind of give myself a little a little leeway on that. Yeah, I love that idea of protected time. And it's just, um, you know, it's almost like thinking about it in terms of negative space and and just sort of building in those buffer zones around. Yeah. Um, it, and I feel like it frames it a lot more positively, which is, is right. really good. Yeah. 
I feel like around here and I've, I've mentioned it, you know, on this show a couple of times, but I'm a big fan of like, okay, you have to do something for the, your brain, something for the body and something for the house today. And then once you do all those things, everything else is kind of gravy. Um, yeah. 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 It's just, I don't know. Sometimes simple parameters are, I I know, I know some people need a lot of structure and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes that's also hard because it feels like you're managing more stuff, you know? Right. And then, and that's the thing. I don't necessarily want to police or I don't want to become my kid's technology ma- manager. Like I've got enough on my plate. Yes. Right. So it's more just like, like letting them know that the way I want us to live is not to be in front of screens all the time. How can they help me with that? And also giving them other things to do. And I think this is a great time to start leaning in on kids, building those independent skills too, because if you feel like they understand how to, and this depends a lot on where you live and like how safe you feel about this kind of thing. But if you know that they're capable of going to the playground without you or whatever it is, going outside, even if they're littler and just playing in the yard, then you've got one more place to send them when they're bored. And mm-hmm. I find myself sending the kids to a lot of like, run, like sending them on little errands, sending them to walk the dog. There's lots of, um, like sometimes you just have to kick them out of the house and tell them, you're going to get on your bike and you're going to go ride around the neighborhood four or five times. And the more independent they can be, the more, I don't know, the more tools you have at your disposal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, you couldn't have teed up my next uh, (laughs) thing I wanted to talk about better. Uh, And as I'm sure our listeners know, I will never, ever tire of pushing families to get their kids to be functional human beings uh, (laughs) by way of chores. And I think a really simple way to rethink summer losses is just flipping that as available time for your kid to build life skills. I know you guys Mm. talked about this on one of your episodes too. Um, And I'm curious if your kids, you know, picked up or amped up any life skills during the pandemic. I would say that for us, one of the greatest benefits has been um, my daughter's cooking more like, I mean, and they're comfortable in the kitchen, but even more like really leveling it up. Um, and I will say there was one afternoon around here when they could tell I was incredibly stressed and grouchy and they scrubbed my shower. I was like, what is oh, even happening? <laughs> that is that's you're amazing. Speaking my love language, children. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Well, nobody's done that for me lately <laughs> or ever. Um, but I will say I don't know that my kids necessarily picked up any new skills. I think one thing we all got better at as a family, though, was that we got better at maintaining our household systems. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing about having older kids is that depending on their lifestyles and their, you know, their personalities, sometimes some of them can kind of fly under the radar and skate and not be helping as much. Mm -hmm. And sometimes one might have a really active social life. So they're just never around when it's time to hand out chores or whatever. So like there, there were, times where I would get, I would start to feel like I was losing, um, a handle or I couldn't get my arms around who's actually doing the things they're supposed to be doing in this house. Like who's actually pulling the weight, who's not, um, things would slip, you know, like trash wasn't getting to the curb the night before it was supposed to, because the kid who was supposed to be doing that was at you know, swim practice or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, we definitely streamlined all those systems. And when everyone's trapped in the house together, you learn, you can figure out a lot about everybody. You figure out who's eating stuff out of the snack drawer when they're not supposed to be. Like you figure out everything because <laughs> everyone's there all the time, right? There was no, right. there was no one coming in and out. Nobody was like gone at their friend's house all day. So that was interesting. Um, we also moved into a house 
this um, winter that has a pool, like an in-ground pool in the backyard. Mm. It's very nice. But like the pool was like a whole new world for us. And we started and we didn't know what we were doing. Um, We all had to like as a family project come together to get this pool ready. And that was great. Like we all had to learn. First of all, it had a, a like a weather cover on it, like a big tarp. And as the snow melts, the tarp gets full yes. of like gross leafy water. And we're like, what are we going to do? So we're all bailing. We had a bucket brigade and we're all bailing water off the top. Oh, and then we had to just figure out how to get it. the thing <laughs> off the pool because it weighed a million pounds because we couldn't get all the water off of it because it kept raining. So like it was just one every day we had to go out and spend like an hour doing something for the yard of the pool um, and the pool deck. And so, yes, we finally got it open last week. The water was completely black when we opened it. We're like, oh, no. Now what do we do? And then we learned how you shock it and clean it. And so we all did that. And now we went in yesterday. It's beautiful. And so, like, it it was like this family project where we all tackled something we had no idea how to do. And we all, like, used our brains and muscles and made it happen. And, like, how satisfying is that? It's It was really neat. And if it were normal times, we wouldn't have all been around all the time yes. to work on it the same way. So that you know, was a benefit. It, it's kind of, this is sort of the modern day version of Little House on the Prairie and, you know, prepping the harvest. It is. <laughs> it is. And the pool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let me ask you, you know, you're talking about systems and really developing that. Did you, I'm just curious, did you, was this just a verbal thing or did you write something down so people knew kind of what their roles were? I just want to get a little granular there. Well, you know, I'm not a big systems person, Christine. So, uh, for me, it's much more on it's, it's the way I manage my household tends to be more fly by the seat of your pants. I always know what needs to be done and then I'm delegating and I'm delegating and I'm delegating. It's often just like, you know, someone walks in the room, this thing needs to get done. This person does that thing. What I started to change a little bit was the expectation. Like Clara, you are always going to be the person who scoops the cat litter, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, and you are always going to be the person who picks up the dog poop. William, you are always going to be the person who takes the trash to the curb. And I didn't write it down, but it was like verbally, I had to say it that clearly. Like, I'm not asking you to do this once. This is your job now. So Mm -hmm. remember next time. But as we know with kids, that doesn't mean I'm off the hook and I never have to remind them. I will have to remind them for quite some time because they, yeah, they'll forget. And, or they won't want to get to it and then they'll go to bed and it doesn't get done. And then I'm grumpy. So there's still a lot of reminding happening. Um, and then I do have like every day, like a punch list that's written. I leave it sitting on the, um, on the kitchen counter Island. And it's like, here are the things each kid has to do today that are on top of those usual things. Mm -hmm. So these are the things like, you know, something that came up that needs to get done, do that thing. So we have that as well. Yeah. And I wanted to just maybe make a suggestion if you for listeners who have little kid, younger kids is that, um, you know, because like they like choice. So you could perhaps yeah. have your punch list for the day and then be like, OK, like choose two things you want to do. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's sort yeah. of basically like trying to trick them into doing it, but it, it works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it can work. It can work. Yes, yes, yes. And the other thing that I think maybe Sarah and I talked about this in our episode about um, that you referenced the the structure one. One thing that, oh no, it was a different one. We did one about household, happy household management um, recently. And one thing I did say that I, I try to do is give my kids chores, but then be respectful of the manner in which they want to do it and the yeah. time that they want to do it. Mm-hmm. So as long as it gets done and they know that it has to get done, like I'm not going to then ride them around the house and, you know, and nag at them. Like 
it's like, this needs to be done by this time of day. Mm -hmm. And I'll explain sometimes like, I need this done by six because if you don't say unload the dishwasher, then I can't load stuff into it as I'm making dinner or whatever the thing is. Like sometimes I have to say like, so this time I really need you to get on it because this other thing is contingent on this being done. And then when they know that they're like, oh, okay. And they'll do it right away. It's just, you know, they, they want to use logic too. And sometimes they think they're smarter than us and that their logic makes more sense. And I have to like take the additional step of explaining why, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like why it is that way. And then, you know, once I've done that, then they're usually reasonable about it and get it done. So, yeah, well, I think that's yeah. an important point too, because one, you know, kids are not going to have the same sort of mental timeline that we are for, right. for And also like, they're not, this is one thing I personally have had to work on a lot is sometimes I expect people to read my mind, you know, which right, is obviously yes. not fair. So <laughs> like the more yeah. explicit you can be and the less festering. And I mean, nagging is not fun for anybody. So no. I think, yeah, be more explicit. I think that's great. And they're also not always motivated by the same things we are like, why would they care? <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. I, I, yeah. They don't have I, someone one time. Um, I, I remember this conversation I was having with in a parenting group a long time ago, about natural consequences. And I was saying there are things where natural consequences do not work because the consequence is of no consequence to anybody but me. Like Mm -hmm. it's, Mm -hmm. I'm punishing myself because Mm -hmm. they truly don't care if their socks are on the floor. Mm -hmm. Like there's not naturally going to want to fix that because it matters to me, but it doesn't matter to them. So uh, that's another, that's something I've had to kind of come to grips with. Like not everybody wants that cares if the house is run the way I want it run. Yeah. So it's kind of on me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to talk about teenagers. Um, You know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, one thing we are dealing with is what to do about work. I mean, she Laurel really wants to go back to her job, but it's you know, it's a food place and they have not done very much in terms of protecting their employees, from what I can tell. And that worries me, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, then there are other things like I know, you know, kids wanting to drive to get their driver's licenses, whatever. Um, so I'm yeah. curious since you have a bunch of older kids, like how, how are you coping with this? Oh, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Williams wait in, in waiting for his license because we were right about to get like the phase two where he yeah. would have actually gotten it. And, um, of course now you can't do that. And like, so everything feels like it's on hold. Um, in particular, will my 16 year old, just giving him like so much grace around this because he didn't do anything with anybody for three plus months mm-hmm. and he's a really social kid. And now like he wants to kind of be out and about like the weather is beautiful here. Um, he's got a small group of buddies that are starting to get together. Michigan's doing really well. And so it's like, it's this kind of balance between like, so now I don't want us to just all like go back to life at the way it was before. People are still being very cautious but it's also like, okay, is, is it all right to get together for, yeah. you know, to go to the beach with your yeah. friends? And so I'm letting him do that. And he's got a small group of buddies and they're doing some outdoor events and they've come over and played in the pool. And like, basically anytime he says he asks for something, I just, I say yes, because mm-hmm. he's been such a trooper. And so now I'm, I'm becoming like the mom chauffeur again, which I didn't do that at all <laughs> for three or four months. Yeah. Right. And now I'm like, oh, you need to be driven somewhere. Oh, Okay. And I'm wrestling with the job thing too. Like he really wants a job. And on the one hand, it does feel like a risk. Um, But then there's like that individual family level risk. And that's not my concern so much as the global risk. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. like that risk is there regardless if my kid is the one working on the sandwich line or, or someone else's kid, like that risk is there. And so it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I wish I, 
I'm just like venting out loud because this is so hard. Like I want my teenagers to have, to see forward momentum in their lives. I don't want them to later look back and feel like they lost a year or two of their life during a really important, informative time. I want them to have some personal agency. I want them to be able to save some cash and like buy a car, all that classic teen stuff. Um, but then like, there's not only the actual risk, but then the social pressure around it. So there's just a lot, there's a lot. Um, I have noticed around here, a lot of the fast food counter service type places do seem to be doing really well with mask wearing and stuff like that. So, and the, but there's also options for outdoor work. So I don't know. I, I am going to be letting him get a job. I just don't know what that's going to look like yet. And I think it's going to be a conversation between he and me sitting down going, you know, what do I feel comfortable with? What does he want to do? Where, mm-hmm. like, where has he noticed? Um, they do seem to be being responsible about it. And it's not going to be perfect. Like, this is not going to be one of those perfect choices. I absolutely. Don't think, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I also think that I think one of the challenges of, of this particular situation is just the uncertainty, you know, like yeah. we could say right now, okay, Laurel, you know, go back to your job and see if they'll take you back now. And if they have time, and then there could be a big uptick in like a week. And yeah. then we'd be like, okay, right. now we don't want you, yeah. now we don't want you to do that anymore. It's right. Come it's back. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's really challenging. Yes, it, I know. And it's the uncertainty is difficult. And also I don't just want to like, I have sort of this push pull where I want someone to tell me this is what it's going to look like so that I can make decisions. But on the other hand, I know they're not going to do that. So I have this, I have this urge to take advantage of things when they're good. Um, our County is got really low cases. We're not a very population dense area. So I just don't know that a spike here is going to look the same way it would in a more populous city. Right. Um, so it's part of me is like, okay, so let's get while the getting's good. Like right now we could do stuff. Let's do it because we don't know in a month if we'll be able to. And I don't want to just keep kicking the can down the road. And then in two years, let's look back and go, wow, we didn't do anything (laughs) for like two years. So it's tough. It's like a hard, it's a hard balance. And yeah, I wish I had more concrete advice or something around that. And I I don't, because I just don't know exactly how we're going to handle it. Yeah. And everybody's, you know, everybody's situation is going to be different. I think it's just helpful to, you know, hear that sort of, it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier when you were talking about scheduling and how all of a sudden everybody's available. I mean, we are in this universal thing together. It's unlike anything else, right. In that we are kind of united by that experience and yes, as hard as it is, at least, you know, kids are going through it together and, and hopefully there's some solidarity there. Yeah. And I think there is. I, and I kind of pick up on that when I hear you know, the the boys talking to each other in particular and, and hear them talking to their friends. It just, it does seem like, um, nobody is in a bubble, right? Now, like we're all in a bubble, but we're all like in the same bubble and no one's like clueless or has no idea that this is going on. It's very, it's very much a solidarity and a shared, shared experience. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, wow. We've covered a ton of ground. Uh, We need to wrap up this episode. And Megan, as you know, at the end of each episode, Asha and I like to share what we call your next edit, which is Mm -hmm. something really tactical that listeners can consider doing straight away, you know, once they once they hop offline. And I would love to know what your next edit is for this episode. Well, I think if if I could think of one thing I've done that I think has helped my brain, it is and heart. And so it is to have something to look forward to. And I think mm. that that over the past few months 
has been really hard to come by. We haven't been able to look forward to anything because everything's so uncertain and because our lives got so small and so shrunken down. But right now, I think most people, depending on, you know, depending on your area that you're in your and your risk level and all that stuff, there's probably something you can find to look forward to. And maybe it's as simple as like planning that socially distanced um, get together with your family that you haven't seen and, and putting it on the calendar, but just having it out there, just knowing that I'm going to like do something that feels kind of normal and go camping with my family. And we're not going for like a month and a half. It's not like right around the corner, but having that, knowing it's, it's out there and it's going to happen has definitely improved my mindset. Um, and the kids are excited. It's all they talk about because they got nothing else. I think that's fantastic. It's all, yeah. it's all context, right? It's <laughs> right. Wow. Right. Um, yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I, I think that's great. I know that, uh, yeah, it's, we're, we're living the little moments and I think that's a good thing. So Megan, thank you so yeah. much for taking the time out of, you know, this crazy time to hop on and, yeah. and be a guest host. I, it was just such a delight to talk to you. This was very, very fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, awesome. Awesome. All right, friends, you will find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned at edityourlifeshow.com. And as ever, we love chatting with you on the internet. This week, we'd like to know what's one fun thing you're planning on for this summer. Hop over to facebook.com slash edityourlifeshow and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page, or you can chat with us on Instagram at edityourlifeshow. Thanks for listening. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.